Welcome to the Art of Dynamic Competence. I'm Susan Clark. Join me and my brother Thomas May for season four of our podcast as we apply what we've been exploring over the last three seasons. We're hoping to dive deep into dynamic competence and learn how to continue to expand it into new ways of living our daily lives. This work is not always easy, but it can be truly fulfilling, allowing us to better relate to the situations we find ourselves in and encouraging us to take on the hard work that we all need to do. Well, Tom, welcome to this new season four. Great to be back, Susan. And it is kind of amazing that we are actually starting on season four. And on top of that, I think we're going to have to have a little bit of a format change. It's really fun, Tom. I have to say, uh, it's a little unnerving in some ways, but our listeners have been giving us great feedback. And what they really like is when you and I are actually sharing our process in which we are trying to understand where the dynamic competence is and we're seeing the different pieces. So I think that's kind of where I heard their comments coming from. Where did you hear? What I'm hearing, Susan, is that people just want to hear us talk about things that are important to us and how we see them evolve and how they unfold and and how they fit into this, what we like to call the dynamic competence, the art of dynamic competence. How do we have those conversations? How do we bring that 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 information out? How do we connect to our own personal lives with it? It's really just about, you know, what's the inner workings? What's behind the scenes? What are the conversations we're having all the time to set up these podcasts? I think your son Dylan said it well when he's like, I think I want to know more about how you set it up and the conversations you have. It is interesting, Tom. And I think from my perspective, I like that we've been going, doing the deep dive within dynamic competence and now adding this whole Gibsarian piece. I, I just think that's terrific. And I realize that it, it's a little uncomfortable for me because I'm not used to sharing, right? I'm 63 years old. How old are you now? I'm 57. So we're kind of older. Uh, so we're not used to the sharing that all these youngsters need, but we're hearing enough feedback from you guys to know that's important that we share where this matters to us, because that's a bit more what I'm sensing is how you make the connection to this work. And it's very different than when we were growing up where, again, you know, we grew up in mom and dad's household where in essence, what we now can call this efficient mental, right? How to be on top of your mental game in a way that you're open and you're porous to all this new stuff coming in. And so we've grown up that way. And now what we're realizing is that that's not available to a lot of folks. And yet that's really what many of our listeners seem to want to touch. I think there's another key part about this, Susan, too. Just recently, as we're learning about the whole kind of Gepsirian concept and the details of the magic, the mythic, and the, and the mental. Right. His structures of consciousness was your Absolutely. About. His structures of consciousness. And to me... It's that opening and it's the opening. It's about the storytelling. And I believe that we've been telling stories our whole life, but not recognizing them as there's a story component. And then there's this mental component. And I think 
that's the part that has resonated with so many people, especially our listeners and the feedback that they've given us is it's everybody at kind of at the same time was like, wow, this is really good. And it is good because we're learning to tell our mental processes, but in stories, it makes them much more relatable because as everybody's starting to discover, it's like we spend most of our time in storytelling. We're not nearly as much in the mental. We're mainly in the storytelling. So when you do get there, it seems to resonate a lot more with them. But isn't it true, Tom? Don't we make mistakes? Don't we really think we're in mental when we're actually in story? We're using our thinking process almost to define what it is when what we're really talking about is story. And if we can't make those very subtle distinctions, we start thinking the story is true or false, right? Is right or wrong. Yeah. And that's the frustrating part I have been feeling over the last, you know, couple of decades, really. It's almost as if you're trying to solve something mentally and then you're somebody's using mental against you or to be the contrarian or to push against you and say, well, that's not right because of this, this and this. And you're like, hold on. Even your mental description and stuff is not perfect. Mine's not perfect. But why do we want to hold each other to this perfection? And the reality is, is that if we can get it 80% right, we're doing pretty well. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a brain surgeon, you better be pretty dang accurate. But if you're just trying to live through life and you're trying to get things done and sometimes you make mistakes, so be it. As long as you learn from them and you try to build from there, that's the goal to it. But we just seem to be so locked down with either right or wrong, black or white, yes or no, good or bad. And I just think that's a burden on all of us. And I think that's what we're trying to get to in these podcasts. It's opening up saying it's not perfect, but it's pretty dang good. And they're going in the right direction. And we should support that and move in that direction. Well, you know, Tom, I'm doing this work in affordable housing, and I'm trying to figure out post-COVID kind of what structures are arising, right? What do people and how are they contributing to building housing and affordable? And remember, I'm in Reno, so there's a lot of growth happening in Reno. And what I'm finding is it's absolutely invaluable to be able to listen to people about the stories that matter to them, not are they right or wrong. To really understand that it isn't about being logical and causal. These are about stories that matter to people for their organization, for the larger community, and even for their power structures. All of these are stories. And if I can stay in that space and not judge and look at where the interactions are, I'm starting to feel that there's a huge applicability here that kind of uh, dials down the emotion and the the stress of, of what people are trying to do by being able to understand it's okay that we're working in story. And then we can back out into the mental as we need to construct causal relationships and look at if this was to happen, then this might be the response. Does that make even sense to you when I say that? It, it definitely resonates with me because it takes me right back to work and how I am now I've talked about this on some of the podcasts before, but now that I'm starting to realize, again, I am heavily, heavily efficient mental. I I push to process. Let's lay it all out. Let's get the steps and let's go execute. 
that's fine when you're the sole person in control and you can kind of dictate the pace of play and you can set things up and your team can go that direction and off we go, right? We do it highly collaborative, the whole nine yards. That's not the issue I run into. The issue is when you have all these other people that are on the fringes outside of your team that have a heavy influence on what you can and can't do. And being able to bring them along, I have tried and tried with, you know, conveying, well, these are the right steps. These are the right things. This resultance is where we want to go. Mm-hmm. I need to learn how to turn this into a story so I can bring them in. I'm now realizing I struggle with that. I don't know how to tell stories. So I literally go back into the mental and say, how do I convey a story? How do I help connect people? What is their story? What's important to them? And how can I connect to that? Right. And so that's really pushing into that uh, mythic and that magic piece with these individuals. And they don't know that that's what's going on. I didn't even know that that's what was going on. But the reality is that that is what's happening. And if you don't become aware of it and connect to it, then you won't be able to make the progress. You wonder why I do these things. And I think they're correct, but they just don't seem to be leading anywhere. So what you said definitely resonates. And so then I'm kind of saying, you know, here's my world in this too. Before we wrap this introduction to season four up, what I also want to talk about, Tom, is relationships, because I think that's an important piece where this plays out in huge ways that I've seen it clearly in my life. And I've also seen it in my extended family as well. It's this idea of how do we play with with each other in ways that allow us to engage in story that's healthy. I know one of our listeners, and, and you know her as well, one of our listeners talked about, well, you know, I've always learned that stories were a bad thing, right? It was the soap opera stories. And now we're starting to see story as something much, much more positive. And so I think that's an incredibly important piece to look at this, what we might want to call efficient stories versus kind of the deficient stories where we get locked into them. This is where, you know, ad companies hit us and make sure we buy their product. It's where our relations, we get stuck in relationships when we think that this story is the only story. But the idea of story is this fluid and flexible thing opens up relationships in a huge way. Do you find that too, Tom? Susan, I would agree. And I think for our listeners, go back to the end of season three. I think it was podcast 36. There's actually three of them we did. And we talked about the three by three matrix. And it's on the website, right? Dynamiccompetence.com. Right. Yeah, exactly. So go to the website and then look into season three and you'll see those there. And also there's a PDF of the the three by three uh, matrix you can actually print out and, and take a look at. But I bring this up because to what you just said, it's about looking at the structures of consciousness from Gebser, right? That That's one piece of it where it's not just we have to be in storytelling or we are going to be in the, the magic or we're going to be in this mental piece. It's about learning how to be in all three and moving in between. So it's not you just want stories or you just want mental. You have to incorporate them all. And then the other part of it, it's actually taking those perspectives where you're saying, am I an instinctual, am I intentional, or am I an integral, right? And really learning that that's a a little bit of a playing field. Again, we always say that's not everything, but it gives you a good structure just to work with and think about in your mind at any given time, where are you showing up in that matrix? And do you have to move somewhere else to get a better understanding? Or if you're sensing or feeling something, should I move over here? 
those are the things you need to be asking yourself because then that's the self-awareness. Where am I and where do I need to go? And my Gebserian colleagues are just loving it because they don't see it as a rigid structure, right? It's not nine boxes that says, I am a orange or I am a green. What it's saying is that these are all in, in play and we're describing them so that you know that where you might be at that moment and ask yourself, where do I want to be? Where am I? Where do I want to go? Is the other side of it. So it's that idea of flexibility is really important. And and Susan, if you look at it too, it's not like I go do a disc assessment, I do a the Myers-Briggs and I get labeled, right? The beauty of this is there's freedom. You know where you are and you just need to figure out where you need to go. How do I connect to those who are on another piece or on another side or in an, in another mindset, right? If somebody's feeling the magic and I'm not, how do I relate to that? You know, it's having that openness and that ability to move, not like we're just going to get labeled and now we're stuck. Mm -hmm. I like this, Tom, because what I think now we can say is season four to us is our personal exploration, right? We're going to share a whole bunch of podcasts of people talking about it and then relate that to what we're working on in our own lives. Because the, the challenge is, is to get good at this, right? Get good at being porous and flexible and being understand that sometimes I am going to be unconscious about these structures of consciousness. Sometimes I'm going to be very intentional and trying to build something new. And every once in a while, I'm going to kind of let go and be able to be in that space where I'm suddenly feeling the in-between of them, the flowing in-between of different structures of consciousness and what new things arise. And out of that, of course, me personally, I'm really exploring, and this is for all our Gebser listeners, this, this quality of time. So I'm continuing to run a workshop twice a month that's really about exploring this idea of time within these structures of consciousness. And what is that quality of time that we live with? So I think I'm committing to that for this season four. Uh, Tom, what are you committing to? Well, I think for sure it's important for our listeners to see how dynamic competence unfolds and i think we've been doing it through the podcast but as we've heard we ourselves need to play in that world a little bit more too we need to expose more so make it real for the folks to see not just strict examples but you know what is truly happening what is happening on a day-to-day -day basis in our own lives and how does that help them see it and relate to it uh, I, I think it's a great idea i think i will make that the commitment to definitely share a lot more than i have been because i think there's value in doing that great well we welcome you all to season four um in a couple of weeks we'll have another podcast this one's going to focus on some ideas for what a new church might look like we look forward to sharing that with you in the next couple of weeks Oh, and, and Susan, before we quit, I, I just I want to pose a question. What do you think is going to be the format that our listeners can be expecting as we move forward with season four? Tom, as you know, that's a great question, because I think you and I are still um, batting around what that would look like. Um, here's what I would say at this point right now. What we've been doing for the last year couple of years is taking what we're learning in our podcast and applying it to our world and having really interesting impacts in our world. 
And what we want to do is share a little bit more of not just what's happening in the podcast, but also what's happening in our world as we apply the principles that are arising in these podcasts to our own lives. And so I think that to me is where we want to start in the introduction to each one of these podcasts is sharing a little bit of what we're learning and share the podcast as we have been. And then at the end, talk about a couple of the principles of dynamic competence that are applicable in this case. I like that idea, Susan. And it's kind of neat to see how you're now taking what we have been working on, taking the input from, from what everybody's been telling us, and we're starting to kind of operationalize it. How do we bring more value to our listeners? How do we help them see these things that we see and allowing them to be able to figure it out on their own and be able to apply it to their own lives? I, I think that that's a great piece and and you articulated it very well. Well, finally, I, I've been struggling with it. So I'm glad to get some approval from you on this. <laughs> as we go through it. So with that, I think why don't we ask everybody to join us in a couple of weeks. We'll be dropping our first podcast of this season on the new church and we'll see how it is. And please continue to give us all the yeah, great feedback. Please. It's so important that y'all reach out in any form or fashion that you feel comfortable with. Let us know what you think about this, because it definitely has a solid impact on how we want to uh, to pull it together and the direction we want to go. And I absolutely appreciate all of our listeners and, and everybody who's been engaging us. And if you haven't reached out to us, please do. And of course, remember, you just said, let us know what you think. All I say and how you feel. What is your felt sense about what's going on as well? Absolutely. If you got a little magic, bring it on. All right. We'll talk to you later. Take care. We want to share a heartfelt thanks for all who have joined us for this episode of The Art of Dynamic Competence. We're incredibly grateful that you shared some of your day with us. We know your time is precious, and we hope that we've been able to share some interesting perspectives and helped you gain some insight in how you've used dynamic competence before in your own life and how to find it in new things you're taking on. And please continue all the great comments that you've been sending us. You can reach us through our social media at Art of Dynamic Competence or through the website at dynamiccompetence.com. Just click on the tab to contact us and send us an email. In the meantime, and if you're intrigued with what you've heard, please subscribe to this podcast and please tell colleagues, friends, and family about us. This is Susan Clark for the Art of Dynamic Competence. Thank you so much for listening.